Why, hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of my Vampire Diaries. I am Lark the Vampire and I'm here to tell you another story of my long 500 years of life and stuff. So this is the last in the series, of this current series anyway. So I thought, you know what, how about I tell you a little fun story? Now, this isn't going to primarily focus a lot on me, but it is going to share some history that I've had in this. So, I thought I would tell you about this. The real Count Dracula. Yes, the real Dracula. So, you all think Dracula. He's this fictional being from a book that was published in 1897 by Irish writer Bram Stoker. And you'll be right to assume so. That is fiction. But, of course, Stoker got his inspiration from true things. And, of course, a bit of that still remained in him as he wrote the book. So, I'll tell you this. Vlad the Impaler, or Vlad Tepes III, Prince of Romania, a ruthless person, as you know, that used to impale people by ramming stakes up their asses and, well, torturing them. But, of course, Vlad the Impaler and Count Dracula are one in the same. You see, you know, Vlad, he did make a deal with a vampiric being. No, no one knows necessarily who this vampire was, and Dracula will never speak of him, or her. Anyway, he was turned into a vampire, and... Because he was made into one, he had to, at that time, take a oath to abandon his life. So he was recorded as dead, as you humans put it in your history books. But there is some truth in there. You see, in that time, Dracula lived as a vampire. And, well, I met him the once in my 500 years of life i met count dracula J just once i said that i'm a big fan and would sign autograph etc that was it but i know the whole potential of him see in our vampire book history books he is quite the celebrity and um he lived quite a bit, and in the 1890s, he was partying hard in Britain, particularly Whitby, where he came across uh, Bram Stoker, who was trying to write a classic, but had a big case of writer's block, and apparently I heard from a vampire that heard from another vampire that heard from another vampire, you know, that he clearly gained inspiration from his encounter in Dracula and said if he could make a, a character based on him that would sort of fight against him because he's a force of evil. Of course, you know, Dracula's idea was to actually expose vampires and other supernatural beings to the human world. But of course, humans would not be ready to accept such people, such beings in this day and age. So... 
they managed to hypnotise Stoker. So he had a, such a strong mind that hypnotising him was difficult, but managed to hypnotise him enough so that he can have, you know, memories and records of inspiration for his character of Dracula from his encounter with the real one. But he would merely just have the idea of his human years, Vlad the Impaler for inspiration, but a little bit of that encounter did linger. Because he did end up writing the book, Dracula, which was published in 1897. And I remember in 1898, I bought a copy of this. actually signed it too. Nice chap. Uh, but, of course, um, he actually knew. I mean, he knew. But he chose to acknowledge us as fiction to other people because he knew the cost of the exposure and stuff and could tell humans weren't ready. I mean, one vampire, I believe, offered to turn him, but he turned them down. He wanted... He knew of our existence, but he chose to not acknowledge it as fact because he knew that humans wouldn't be ready for such an exposure or coexistence. Not like it is now in this day and age where, well, the oddest things are acceptable. I mean, humans can have same-sex relations and be whoever the hell they want and do whatever the hell they want in this day and age. But, yeah. For that, Dracula, though, you know, Vlad, he got into deep bother with that, and as punishment he was exiled to... Um, you know, to a place of his choosing. He chose Staten Island in New York and was sentenced to a 300-year exile. Not only that, he would be... He would be unable to leave Staten Island as part of the exile. He would have a whole enchantment done with a, a crooked witch and he would be unable to leave there until his sentence is passed. Now, it's been about 125 years uh, since the sentence was passed, so he has at least another um, 175 years, is it, in the exile, serving his sentence and is doing so. Maybe let out 50 years early due to good behaviour, but in that time, he has actually built an empire. Now, you humans... You sell drugs and, you know, drug lords and drug dealers and that have sold, you know, that for party pleasure. But Dracula, he started a blood business selling blood. Not just any blood, but like intoxicated blood. He's, you know, become a bit of a blood lord and sells them and makes profits off them. Of course... Dracula is in exile, but it doesn't stop other vampires from coming to see him. And he hosts a lot of parties and a lot of orgies. I, unfortunately, have never been so lucky to go to one. And I've been to New York many times, but... Yeah, he, um... You know, you've got to be pretty old and wise. I mean, I'm an old one, but I'm a young old one. I mean, I'm still in my early 500s. I'm 507. You know, that's when I officially became an old one at 500. Half a millennium old. But uh, Vlad, he's over, what, six, seven hundred years old? So I can't actually remember now when he was... He was definitely born in the 1400s. 
we know uh, i have to relook um god i am getting old anyway yeah he, he does all that hosts orgies and drugs well blood parties and has become a pretty bit of a bit of a kingpin for it now dracula from what i can tell he doesn't go for the full aristocratic look, not like in the olden days, no. These days he dresses like an American-Italian mob boss, uh, which includes a jogging suit. Yeah, he wears a jogging suit, still has his moustache, had his hair cut, still pale skin and fangs and what have you, drinks blood and what have you, because he's Dracula. But he wears like a jogging suit with his golden chains, the bling bling that he wore back in the old... His Iron Cross, he wears that still. And yeah, uh, that's what he's like. That's what we hear in the news in Vampire Crimes. Of course, with him being such a high kingpin now, it's hard to pin things on him due to him serving his exile in, um, well... You know, he can't do anything. He gets other vampires to act on his behalf and some human familiars to, um, well, do his bidding outside of Staten Island in New York. He's only confined to that area. Like I say, he's not going to be able to leave until, let's see, his sentence started in 1897, so that would make it 1997, 2019, yeah, he's not going to be able to leave until at least 2197, which for you humans is beyond a lifetime. So if you're a human wanting to live a full human life, well, you'll be um, pretty much not around to see his release. But uh, yeah, that's what he does these days, you know, as a, a blood lord and apparently goes to vampire blood drug meetings and shares his story and stuff. Speaks with a very Romanian voice from what I can gather. See, he's like a big hard man. You know how you humans have your hard men and gangsters and stuff like Al Capone, you know, Scarface and the Cray Twins and, you know, um, other notorious gangsters and stuff. That's what Dracula is like to us in the vampire world. He is that. Oh, he's still around and kicking. And even though, like I said, he's exiled, he's free to roam around and move about. He's not, like, confined to a cell. Even though there are vampires that do get that as a punishment when they are truly punished. They live in a cell and are forced to actually experience time move as if it was a human. It's... They're a nice method of punishment some even go mad hmm. but yeah but that's that's the real dracula that that's what he does and what he gets up to and like i say i only ever saw him once you know during the mid 1890s 1895 i think it was i i wouldn't know because ironically i i didn't actually record it in my diary uh, in fact, I, I think it was one of those rare occasions where I didn't actually have a diary. But I, I've managed to record it in other ways since in the years like now. I, I'm recording it now as I do this podcast for you listeners. I um, 
I guess I can count this as a record recording for my brief encounter with the real Dracula. But look at where this character has spawned for you humans in fiction over the century. I mean, there was the vampire Camilla, uh, which was in a book a couple of years, about 20 years or so before Dracula. And, well, there is a little bit of truth in that, in the real Camilla, but I'm talking about the real Dracula. See, Camilla's like the queen of vampires. Dracula has earned his status as the king of vampires. Look how far you've come with him in fiction, from being a book, to stage plays, to a silent film rip-off, Nosferatu, which I'm glad you humans managed to preserve after Stoker's estate wanted it destroyed. But from films in Universal Studios, from Bela Lugosi playing him, to John Carradine, to Hammer House of Horror, from Christopher Lee playing him, like Frank Langella, and then falling into the public domain, where he was then, where Universal no longer had just exclusive rights, but other studios took their own take of it, like Gary Oldman in Bram Stoker's Dracula, and how he's gone out to be uh, you know, in uh, Marvel Comics and other laws of fiction and how he is still talked about in literature to this very day. Even in 2023, as of the recording of this episode, there's been a film called Renfield, which focused more on his familiar, but still Dracula was played by Nicolas Cage, which was a witty choice, but I, li- I liked his portrayal. Two, of course, a film yet to come out called Last Voyage of the Demeter. And I don't know what the real Dracula thinks to these adaptations and takes on him. I don't know if he likes them. I don't know if he watches them. I don't really know, because I don't know him very... I don't know him personally. You think with all the historical celebrities I've met in my time, you think I would have met, like, a celebrity or infamous person, however you want to put it, in my time as a vampire, but we have our own laws and rules and stuff in this world. So only in recent years that we've been allowed to start exposing ourselves to humans and telling our stories of you, of us and all. But, yes, that's the real Dracula for you. So, yeah. And I think, say in another century, you humans are still going to be telling stories, making fictitious takes on the, you know, the most notorious vampire throughout history. And, you know, because us vampires are immortal, but when it comes to fiction, you humans have immortalised it for your world of telling stories. And as I said, in that many times... Dracula, I believe, will still be around and I'll still be here checking out the films and adaptions you humans like to do. Do us vampires do any adaptions in our world? Well, not really, because, you know, you humans write about us in fictitious ways and, yeah, myths and stories have changed over the centuries and stuff, but there's still some truth in it all. Anyway, I think I've sort of said all I need to say about the real Dracula. This this was a nice, a nice, uh, you know, a nice 
break from me telling you about personal things in my life. Every now and then, I like to tell you something about someone else that I know of in my life. Like in one season, I talked about my about my maker, you know, Christine, if how she made me a vampire and stuff, and how she's lived a long time, way longer than me. Over 2,000 years, that's that happens. So she's older than Dracula. But, um... Yeah, I, I just like to dabble into something a little different every now and then in this series. So yeah, uh, as I said, that's it for this series. So, another season come and gone. This has been season three, but it's not quite over yet. Yes, I'll be back with a Halloween special in October, where I'll tell you another experience or ordeal I've had during my long lives in... Halloween history and of course me I like to tell you more Christmas tales as well so I'll definitely do a Christmas special in December so I've got two more episodes well the specials but still I have two more installments of this podcast at least for this year but for now you know I'm just wrapping it up here leaving this you know ending the series on this note so I want to thank you listeners for listening and for tuning into this podcast. I've enjoyed telling you all these stories about my long 500 years, and, yeah, I probably will tell you more. Well, I'm definitely going to tell you two more, but I don't think I'm done yet telling you all these stories, so I definitely have to, you know, come up with other stories to tell you in a fourth season when I do one. But for now, this is it for this series, so... I have been Lark the Vampire. This has been my Vampire Diaries. And you can listen to the whole series on the podcast on Spotify. And you can not just listen to all of Season 3. You can listen to Season 1 and 2, including special editions on there too. So, yeah. As I've said already, I have been Lark the Vampire. And this has been my Vampire Diaries. So I'll stop dragging it out now. So I bid you a goodbye for now. And until then, don't have nightmares.